1: You can watch Today in the Word on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. on ABC, channel 6.1. Join us as we broadcast Calvary Chapel Caldwell's Sunday morning church services, where Pastor Bob teaches you how to apply the truths in your Bible to your everyday experiences so that you might enjoy a better life. When your hope is in God, it changes the way you view life intellectually. See, if you view life that all there is is what you know and what you can do, well, that is very narrow, right? Because you can't do that much when it relates to you know, problems that are beyond you. But when you put your hope in God and you intellectually understand, God can do miracles. God can heal. He can restore. He can do anything. And so it, it changes the way you feel emotionally uh, uh, when you put your hope in God uh, because you realize, you know what? The Bible teaches life is short. I'm gonna be in heaven. God wants me to do my best. He give me the Holy Spirit. He wants to help me. And so it really changes that, oh, there's hope. And there, and there is a greater power than myself. And when you think about the gift of salvation, it brings hope and joy, and peace, right? It's so good. And, and, you know, as I said, the Bible teaches that God wants that for you. In Romans 15, 13, he says, now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. I love that, that God wants you to abound in joy, and hope, and peace, right? And through Jesus Christ, you can experience Salvation, forgiveness, and that is an indescribable gift. To be able to describe what it's like to have hope and joy and peace in the midst of the world that is going off the rails, the indescribable gift of salvation, uh, you know, Jesus came to set us free from the power of sin ruling over our lives. We don't have to be deceived into thinking that the only hope there is is me and what I know. I mean, there's, you know, God who can help you. And so, When he talks about it in verse 15, thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. The Apostle Paul was saying, you need to thank God for this indescribable gift and for those gifts. For the Christian, the indescribable gift provokes a response of thanksgiving in our hearts. When you think about all that God has done for us, then then there is a, a response, right? And when you think about Jesus dying on the cross, not because they forced him, because his love held him on the cross. It stirs a response of thanksgiving when I think about salvation and that gift. And, and it stirs in me a response of gratitude and thankfulness to say, thank you, God, for saving me. And when I think about eternal life, that I'm going to live with the Lord in heaven with no more pain and sorrow. That just produces, like, joy, right? There are no words to express the gratitude and thankfulness that I have for how much God loves me, how patient He is, how faithful He is, that even if I do some stupid thing, and I know it's stupid, and I do it anyway, He still forgives me. When you think about His love towards us and the gifts that He gives us, uh, you know, any response that we give uh, seems inadequate to convey what's really in our hearts. And, And so here at the end of 2 Corinthians 8 and 9, the longest section about financial giving in the New Testament, Paul is telling them about giving, and we went over that on Wednesday, but, but what he's saying is he's encouraging them that, uh, that they are responding to what God has done, not to think they're initiating. you say, hey, look, if you give financially, you're not starting this thing with God. You're just responding to it, and, and the truth is I don't give to God you financially in hopes of persuading him to love me. He already loves me. He loved me while I was a sinner, and that blows my mind. We're just responding to what he did. In First John 4:19. we love him because he first loved us. So my love for God is a response of what God has already done. And I think that's important to understand that because I don't praise God to get something from him, right? I don't come to church. Now, I love coming to church. I love to worship. I love to study the Bible. But I don't come in thinking, ooh, I'm going to lift my hands high today. I need a new car. All right, Lord Jesus, I love you. Woo, whatever, right? Now, some churches teach that kind of weird thing, but God can see past that, right? Just like we can. When my kids were little, from time to time, uh, one of my kids would come up to me and say, dad, you're you're the best dad ever, I love you, you're so awesome. And then, you know, he would proceed to ask me for something, right? Now, after he did that a few times, when he would come up to me and say, dad, I love you so much, you're the best dad, then I would just say right away, what do you want? right, because I knew he's trying to butter me up for something. Now, here's the thing. If you come to church and like, I'm going to tithe today because I need a new washer and dryer, <laughs> you know, whatever, or you watch some weird preacher on TV. You got to cut that off. I don't be offensive to the other preachers, right, but you watch some preachers like, you know, sow your seed, you know, put it in, whatever, but, uh, but if you come to church praising God, thinking you're going to get something because you're doing something for him, do you think he can see through it? I'm not that smart, and I can see through it with my kids, right? God can see through it with us. Now, the truest praise comes from a heart that realizes, God has given me so many indescribable gifts and I don't deserve it, I did nothing to earn it or deserve it, he sees all my failures, he even knows my failures that I'm gonna make in the future and yet he loves me so much. And he's forgiven me. And when I think about that, it compels me to say, wow, God, you're so good. You're so faithful. You are so awesome. And, and, and the truest form of praise is when you just respond to those truths. And God, you're so gracious, your goodness. And, and not in hopes of saying, God, I'm going to butter you up so you give me something, right? Uh, you know, I mean, some people think I'm going to go to church and I'm going to lift up both hands and I'm going to get a new wife or whatever. Or, you know, I mean, people just think such weird things. And yet the reality is God sees. So the true motive, the truest motive for giving financially is to recognize that God is generous, that he has given us everything we have. The Bible says everything you have came from God. That means your intellect, your ability. That You say, well, Pastor Bob, I went to school and I got this degree and that's why I make a lot of money. And like, well, who gave you the brain to go to school? Who helped you to pay for the school? Well, my parents or... The government, or well, what I don't know, but the reality is, is that everything you have, all the resources you have, came from God. And when you th- when you realize that, then then it just provokes a response to say, "Wow, Lord, thank you!" Right? And but that doesn't seem like it's enough. Be- and and yet, when you think about why we want to give financially, well, the apostle Paul said in Second Corinthians five fourteen, "For the love of Christ compels us." What he's saying is, it's God's love towards me that compels me to want to give Him my life and everything I have. And, and some people don't understand that, but, but basically, you know, uh, if you are dating someone and they bought you a new car, you'd be like, whoo, you'd be compelled to be like, hey, how about I take you out to dinner for that? <laughs> Whatever. When you realize everything you have came from God, Paul's saying, that compels me to want to give him everything. Now. It is true that we said it on Wednesday night that God has established principles of giving and that if we give to God, he's going to give back. That is true. Uh, you know, we read on Wednesday, Luke six thirty-eight: give and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over it will be put into your bosom. For with the same measure that you use, it will be measured back to you. In other words, this is a biblical principle that when you give to God financially, then he gives back, right? And you can't outgive God. He blesses you. But that's not the highest motive for giving, right? So that is a thing. But the purest motive for giving to the Lord and the work of the kingdom of God is to recognize everything I have comes from God, and I want to show my appreciation, my thankfulness for all that God has done for me, so I just want to give back, right? I just want to, you know, in in response, in in an attitude of appreciation and thankfulness, I want to give back. I read a story of a a Calvary Chapel, uh, well, I actually heard the story, uh, that one of the pastors, they were building a new church, and they were digging a well for the church because it was out of the city limits. And... Uh, he knew a well-drilling guy, and the guy thought, "Well, I'm going to do something for God." And I, I don't know if he was—I don't think he was a Christian. But while he was drilling the well for the church for free, uh, the guy won the lottery. And and so uh, when he was done, you know, drilling the well for the church, that uh, he went up to the pastor and he said, "Hey, is there anything else I can do for the church?" <laughs> now, what was his motive, right? I mean, you're like, so it is true that God blesses those who give, right? And and I have to say, when I first got saved, that's what I would tithe. I heard a message about giving, and. Uh, somebody gave me some money, and I thought, I'm going to tithe on this money in hopes of getting more back, and then someone gave me some more money. I mean, a stranger came up and just gave me money. God was trying to teach me about money, but, uh, and I tithe, and I got more, and it was like, and so originally, but that's shallow. That's like, I want to give to God because that, I get it back, right? But, but that shouldn't be your motive, right? I mean, if you're a new believer, then I suppose that's all right, but, but once you grow spiritually, right, then you realize that, that God loves. Now, God does love a cheerful giver. We read on Wednesday, 2 Corinthians 9, 6. But this I say, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully, for God loves a cheerful giver. So that means you give a little, you get a little. You give a lot, you get a lot. And that's just so true, and you see that in life. Generous people are very blessed people. Stingy, greedy people are cranky, unhappy, you know, people. Right? I mean, it's just the reality. And, and that's not just that the Bible says it. I mean, you can Google it. You can research it, although Google's been wrong a lot lately. I don't know what the AI is doing there, but... Uh, we were on vacation. We Googled if a restaurant was open. It said it was closed. I was standing in front of the door and it was open. Anyway, but, uh, but that's the principle, right? The biblical principle uh, that you give, the amount you give, you give a little, you get a little. You give a lot, you get a lot. Now, that, that is a biblical principle, but that shouldn't be your motive if you're a mature Christian, right? Our motive should be, as he says in verse 15, that's what Paul's telling them because chapters 8 and 9 are all about giving. He says, thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. See, our motive should be when we give financially at church, it should be, wow, God, you're so good to me. You've given your son. You've given me salvation. You've given me eternal life. Actually, every single thing I have comes from you. My intellect, my skills, my talent, everything I have comes from you. And, Lord, in response to that, I want to give you my life. I, I want to give you all that I am, my time, my talent, my tithe, all those things. And-, and, Lord, even at that, it doesn't convey my gratitude or my thankfulness. And that's really the right motive. And, and you know, we talked about on Wednesday night that, I remember growing up in, in, as a Christian listening to Pastor Chuck Smith, who started Calvary Chapel, talk about giving and tithing. And he would tell stories about people would come and want to give the church $2 million, $10 million. And he said, well, I prayed about it, and I don't think the Lord wants you to give it. I'm like, what? <laughs> I mean, right? but, uh Because, you know, he would tell the church, look, if you don't want to give, don't give, because God doesn't need your money, right? But, but what it does is that when we learn to give, it, it produces in us the character of Jesus, right? Because Jesus is the quintessential giver. Jesus said, it's more blessed to give than to receive. And so, when you think about giving, and I love that we get to be in a church where we don't have to beg about money all the time, right? And I hear it all the time. People are like, I took my cousin to church or my brother to this church and all they did was talk about money the whole time and it's a turn off. Well, of course it's a turn off. Could you imagine if you came to church next week and I was like, okay, everybody, God is going broke. He's gonna have to sell the moon, so you need a tithe. <laughs> it's like, it's just the, the stupidity of, of that mindset, right? Now, it is true that people have to tithe to make the church work. And I'm so thankful for all the people that support this church financially. And, and God has always supported and you know, provided through people giving. But the motive should be in response to his love towards us, not hey, I'm gonna get something from you, right? Because God loves you and he's already given you everything, right? And so as we close today, uh, if you're here and you've not received that indescribable gift of salvation, we wanna give you an opportunity to invite Jesus into your life because the truth is you can't, experience the value of that gift until you receive it. See, Jesus has given you the gift of salvation, but until you receive it into your life, it has no value whatsoever, right? It's like uh, if someone gave you, you know, a check for a million dollars and you just set it on your dresser and left it there. Well, it doesn't have any value until you take it to the bank and put it in your account so you can start paying with your Apple iPhone, whatever, however you pay for things, right? And so if you've never invited Jesus in your life, we want to give you an opportunity to do it today. So let's pray. Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you, Jesus, that you love us so much, that you've given us so many indescribable gifts. And Lord, we just pray that you would help us, Lord, in response to what you've done for us. Lord, that we would just be joyful givers of everything that we have. Lord, we wanna love you. We wanna do what you tell us to do, to love people, to love you and love people. And so we pray, Lord, if there's anyone here who's not experiencing, Lord, all those blessings of peace and joy and hope Uh, through the indescribable gifts. We pray that they would invite you into their lives today and that they would experience, Lord, all your goodness. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.
0: Thank you for joining us for Today in the Word. We'd like to share with you a couple of things that are going on here at Calvary Chapel. Calvary Chapel Caldwell would like to invite you to our community Christmas Eve services on Sunday, December 24th at 5 p.m. and 7 p.m. This is a great way to celebrate the birth of Christ. Festivities will include the singing of Christmas carols with a contemporary feel and a message from Pastor Bob Larson. For more information, visit us at our website at calvarycaldwell.com. Like us on Facebook and may the Lord bless you.
1: Calvary Chapel Caldwell would like to invite you to our Saturday night service at 7 p.m. This is an alternative for those who cannot make it to our Sunday morning services. Like
0: us on Facebook at Calvary Chapel Caldwell or check out our website at calvarycaldwell.com.
1: You can watch Today in the Word on Sunday mornings at 10.30 a.m. on The CW, channel 2.2. Join us as we broadcast Calvary Chapel Caldwell's Sunday morning church services, where Pastor Bob teaches you how to apply the truth in your Bible to your everyday experiences so that you
0: might enjoy a better life. If you would like a copy of Pastor Bob's message today in its entirety, you can call us at 208-453-9653 during the hours of 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. If you're not currently attending a church and are in the Caldwell area, May you have a great day.